everybody, it's your girl Sam. And I'm Ash. And this is the Sam and Ash Experience. Welcome back. Welcome back. Oh, again. <laughs> okay, so today's episode is going to be a little mini that we just slid right in. Just like I slid into a DM. Uh, <laughs> we didn't plan on doing this, but when we were setting up one day to record, I was going through my Instagram feed and I had seen the story and I was like what and i followed it you know it resolved the next day and it a doozy of a case so i was told ashley about it and i was like hey we need to do this case and here we are and luck would have it that another friend of mine had actually posted it on her facebook and i was like we were just talking about mm -hmm. that case and when she posted it on her facebook it said that she was found so i was like yeah we gotta slide this in right so this is for mary <laughs> Yeah, this is for Mary. Shout out to Mary. Thank you for following us. Yes. Okay, so let's get started. 18-year-old Maxson Bell left her house Sunday morning, May 17th. So this wasn't very long ago. Um, she went to go tanning at the Country Corner Market in Greenfield, Ohio, but never made it there. Later that day, she had her baccalaureate service. And if you don't know what this is, it's usually a high school senior. They have it at a church. It's kind of like a send-off for all the seniors. And since she wasn't back, it prompted her mom to get worried and search for her. Her car was found at the Good Shepherd Church parking lot just 0.1 miles away. It was literally across the street. So like if the parking lot was full, they could just park there and walk across the street. By 6.30 Sunday night, a search party of more than 300 150 people had gotten together to search on foot and ATVs, which is hardly ever heard of. So it really is, especially in such a, a like small amount of time. Right. Because you have to really gather people up, and like, how do you get that word out so fast? Right. I guess that's the positive of being in a small town. But the weather was a bitch that night, so they called off the search just before 10 p.m. And the, the police immediately deemed the parking lot where they found the car as a crime scene. Her keys were still left in the ignition, so for whatever reason she was there, it didn't seem like she planned on being there long. The church, they found her car had cameras, but it looked like they were either dummy cameras or just wasn't working the day she went missing, which always seems to be the freaking case. It's like, <laughs> people, if you have cameras, make sure they're freaking working. Exactly. It's not like the early... I don't know, early 90s when you had the videotapes. Right. You know, you had to erase it and then like re-record it. Right. I mean, you have, you know, software to... It goes know. to your phone now. It's it, easy. Yeah, it goes to your phone now. So, like, literally, that's like some of the most critical evidence you yeah. can, that you can have. I mean, look at the Chris Watts case. Exactly. And some of the cases where people go missing, you know, cameras really do help. And also, if you had dummy cameras and somebody stole your shit, what's that going to do for you? Exactly. So you, <laughs> just, you literally lost your organ. Your organ at <laughs> the church. What is old Gladys going to play on Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> okay, the search party planned to pick up where they left off at 11 a.m. on Monday, May 18th. Uh, Greenfield is a tiny town, just two square miles, and the population of around 4,500 people. So it's basically everybody knows everyone, and secrets aren't kept long in this town. 
which we can really resonate with because we live in a small town. And literally, whenever I was younger, if I ever wanted to step out of the line or something like that, my dad would literally know before I even got home and what I was doing, who I was there, and if I was in a place where I shouldn't have been. Because <laughs> somebody's always in their kitchen looking out the window. Or listen to a scanner. <laughs> right, scanners. <laughs> Um, that's a Friday night right there. <laughs> Anyways, Madison wasn't known as a girl who would just like run away when she didn't get along with her parents or her boyfriend or whatever. She would always let somebody know she's going to be late. For instance, like if the line at McDonald's was too long, she would call and let somebody know. Her mom seemed really upset and worried when she did interviews. She scheduled a tanning appointment, but she had missed it before, so she didn't really think anything of it. So when she didn't come back, that's when she pinged her phone so she could see where she was. And that's how they found out that she was at the church parking lot. If she was meeting someone, she wasn't trying to hide it because she parked right in the front of the building where anyone passing by could. This also meant that if she was abducted, nobody tried to hide it, you know. Fox News does an interview with Madison's mom on Monday evening, and she looked defeated and worn down. Her mom tells the, uh, the station that she provided a sit piece for the canine tribe and track her scent. There was also talks of a man in his 20s or 30s in a white car that was seen in town with Callie Plate. They said that people don't just go to this town for no reason, they either knew someone or they were just passing through, which, like I Again, said... Again, we can relate to that yeah. because nobody just comes here right. just to be here. They either know someone here or they're just passing on through. And getting gas, yeah. Or beaver nuggets. Beaver nuggets. <laughs> so here's a little bit more about her boyfriend. A family friend said that her boyfriend, Cody, moved in with the family before they even started dating. But in an interview, Cody was dated saying that they were together for a year or so before he moved in. So that would have made her like 13 or 14 which I don't know which one to believe there. Cody was taking in for an interview and giving a polygraph test but we all know that those aren't always. They're all, not always inclusive. Right. Um, like if a person really believes that they're the reason why their loved one passes away or is missing they could do a fall. Or if you're just a freaking psychopath and doesn't believe you have anything wrong you know they could pass you know. So it's not 100%. I'm kind of on the fence with it because I feel like sometimes like if you're given a polygraph test. Do you have a problem? Wow. Do you want a box? Wow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to do a podcast. It's not the Sam Ash and Weenie experience. I know. Cut Maybe it. one day. Baby, cut it out. Okay. <laughs> so here's some a few weird things about that day. Uh, they said that Madison left. Do you want to get out of here? Hush. And Coco's going to have to delete all this because you won't stop crying. Shit up. <laughs> Shit up. Okay, so they said that Madison left that day without wearing makeup, which she only does if she's going tan. But I don't know who came up with this information because in an interview, her mother said that she didn't see her leave because she was cleaning. And when she was cleaning, Madison just yelled and told her where she was going. And she also contradicts herself yet again, saying that she had yoga pants on and a hoodie. And maybe she had that on in the morning. I don't know. But once again, this could be the case because her mother said that 
she didn't see her. And she had went to take a shower before she had left. And her boyfriend was asleep on the couch. So something just isn't adding up, honestly. Her mom is literally just pulling information out of her ass. I guess like if your child is missing, you're just trying to remember everything that happened there. So basically Maddie was smothered as fuck. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Her boyfriend lived with her since she was like 13. Her mom monitored her social media when she was 18. Um, I find this odd because when police first asked her what her if she knew her daughter's password, she said no. But yet in the middle of the night after she went missing, it just came to her. And also her boyfriend worked nights, so maybe she had a small fraction of a long time to contact somebody else. So basically she's like, oh. Yeah, I, I don't remember what her, even though she monitored all her social media. Right, because you, she was quote unquote bullied. Okay, but in the middle of the night you just had this epiphany as to what her password is. Eureka! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I, I remember that was Snuggle Bunny. Like right. what? 8675309. Just pops out of bed. Just pops just out of a cold sleep. Just So a part of me wonders if she left her phone behind because her mother and boyfriend tracked her like a damn prize dog or something. You canoeva. So a quick recap. She went missing at 10.30, not 10 a.m. like originally thought, meaning her mother panicked just a little over an hour after her daughter left. So let's put this in perspective. Tanning max is 20 minutes. She lived like seven minutes away from the tanning salon. So that is 34 minutes there and back with no traffic, no line, no chatting, and not having to wait for the person in front of her to be done. So basically just getting there and getting in. That's not counting getting dressed and undressed, not counting putting on the tanning oil or her headphones or putting on her protective eyewear laying down. But her mother and her boyfriend go out looking just an hour after leaving her leaving to go tanning. Not even thinking something's wrong because when they pinged her phone, it was at the tanning salon. So why did they go check for her? I feel like, I feel like there's some type of abuse somewhere yeah. in here because she's only been gone for an hour. She's 18 years right. old. She is a grown woman, you know, She's She seemed popular, you know, she was a cheerleader. You know that teenage girls just run their mouth all the time. Hell, I could go to the store and be gone for three hours. Exactly. And we're just needing bread or something. <laughs> I know. And I'd like, go up and down the aisles. And <laughs> right. You said, oh, look at this. Right. You know, I mean, we do it all the time. But I feel like there's some type of abuse in here somewhere. Yeah, because it's like, right. because nobody, I mean, nobody goes to look for somebody. They've well, just they been gone an hour. hour. Now, if you're gone 24 hours, four days, 12 days, that's something to be concerned about because, you know, say you, you literally don't know where they are at this point. And I don't want to, like, speculate and say that there was something wrong going on. Maybe uh, since she had that baccalaureate service, maybe they had family coming in and she was like, hey, I told you to be home at this time. Like, we don't know what was going on, but it's still kind of fishy, you know, it's a little for the outside. Um, so... Maddie's mom does an interview with Dateline. Our old Dateline. <laughs> and tells them that her phone was found on the driver's seat. Which again is different from what the boyfriend says because he did an interview with Ray Hughes and he said that she left it in a cubby underneath her radio. Which apparently was unusual. Which I, I don't get that because I don't see how that's unusual. A lot of people have that cubby and that's where they keep their phone. Because I usually because I have the same little cubby under, under my radio. And it's like, I either put it under there because I don't 
talk or text or you know or sometimes I do have my phone in the seat you know right. if nobody's with me right yeah I put it in the seat but it's not unusual. but it's just easier to keep it there just in case you know you need to grab it real quick oh yeah so I don't know why that was unusual but yeah instead of you know reaching you know turning your head to reach in the seat it's like right, right there right once again I don't know who to believe it's just interesting that her keys were in the ignition it's just interesting that her keys were in the ignition and the car wasn't on and one more thing before I go too far I forgot to say this earlier but if you've ever been tanning you know that when you tan and use that lotion you wouldn't take a shower before you left because that lotion is greasy and it grows and you sweat and smell like dead skin and burnt coconut <laughs> So you would want to take a shower after, especially if you have an event happening afterwards. Yeah. So it was kind of weird. That's just a side thought, you know, that I had. And also, in this interview that her boyfriend did, he said that whenever he found the keys in the ignition, that he reached down and pinched them with his fingers to see if they were in the ignition. If he was to open the door with the keys in the ignition, it would obviously ding. So that was like kind of a red flag for me. I don't know where to, how to take that. He was just an idiot. <laughs> Here's the grand finale. Finale. This is when the plot twist happens and you're like, what the heck is going on here? Madison was found safe. Yeah. She finally contacted the police department and explained that she was in no harm, that she was fine and healthy and everything was good, but she didn't want her mom and boyfriend to know where she was. And the poor baby, I do not blame her after this. Um, for anyone who wants to talk shit about why she didn't reach out sooner, um, the girl couldn't even go on her own for a freaking hour before her mom and boyfriend were driving around trying to track her down. And this has nothing to do with her not being quote unquote sweet and innocent like portrayed, but everything to do with her feeling trapped and imprisoned with her mother and pseudo husbands she was like 13. Also keep in mind that like everybody else in the country and the world pretty much right now, they've been in quarantine just like everybody else has. So we don't know what's been going on in this house for the past couple months. Like I said, it, I feel like there's some type of maybe mental abuse or I'm maybe not as physical, but maybe like mental right. and emotional. Maybe, who knows, maybe a little bit of Munchausen syndrome going on. Probably. Or where her mom's trying to run her life. I don't know. protect her, you right. know. I would but, really want to Madison to do like an interview. I, not that she has to, but I really want to know it. I really want her to do an interview. I want all the deets right. on this. First of all, this is my concern. Why is this little boy living with them? Right. Where is his parents? Why is he not living with his parents? Right. Why is they she why has he been there since she was thirteen? Right. That was just four, almost five years ago. What was the motive for that? I feel like that's that's a little sus in my book. Right. There's no way if I was dating someone and I was only 13 and my mom was like, hey, you know, your boyfriend can come live with us. You know, that makes no sense. You I don't even do ask that. my mom if my boyfriend can move. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm 34 years old. I'm still like, you know. <laughs> right, respectful. So, 
Allegedly, a friend was reported saying that she had talked to Madison last year at her tryout, and she didn't want to be with Cody anymore, but her mom was forcing her. Why Which, was she forcing I don't know how her credible, to be with him? Right. I don't know how credible that is, but if it's true, so weird. That's so weird. And uh, so once again, let's break this down. She couldn't go on her own for more than an hour before her mom and her boyfriend tracked her down using the location on her phone within an hour of her leaving. They called the police and created this national panic because they couldn't explain 24 minutes of her life. Let that sink in. That is absolutely insane because, okay, we've talked about this. I know me, you, and I think, I think Jackie, we've talked about this. I don't mind sharing my location with y'all because y'all are my best friends. Right. You know, I want someone, if anything is going to happen to me, I want y'all to know where I'm at. Right. So y'all can send the proper authorities or y'all can come straight to me. Right. Pinging her phone and she's only been gone a damn hour. Right. That's, that's a little bit ridiculous. Exactly. I don't, I, mean, I don't approve of that at all. Right. That is, that is a no-go for me. It's a good thing to have, like you said, somebody on your find my phone if that's what you have. Because you could turn it on when you're going to meet up with somebody or if you're going somewhere like to a concert or something or out of town. It's good for somebody to keep track of you. But it can also easily be abused, I feel. Especially if somebody is trying to control your life and is being abusive. And that that's where that comes in. That is being abused. And again, that's no go for me. Like like you said, if I'm going to like a concert or something, first of all, I'm going to let y'all know, hey, I'm going to such and such or I'm going to meet such and such. If I don't, y'all don't hear from me in about this amount of time, ping my phone, see where I'm at. Right. You know what I'm saying? But it's just, it's a good thing, but I can see where it can very easily be something that somebody could use against you. So... Um, after all that, this was said and done. This is a joke, honestly, because uh, the family, which the mom and the boyfriend said that they released a statement saying they hoped people would respect their privacy during this difficult time as they are emotionally raw. They said that they are just happy to know she's alive and not hurt. First of all, you weren't <laughs> respecting her privacy when she was gone for now. Not expecting her privacy. I mean, regardless or not that she really did skip town. They didn't know that at the time. Yeah, and she's 18 years old. Right. It doesn't matter if she's going to go skip town right. or not. You know, by law, she's a grown woman. Right. So it's like, she doesn't have to tell you where she is. Right. According to Cody's sister, she didn't leave a note, contrary to rumors. I guess people said that there was a note there saying where she was going or that she was leaving. And she also stated that the money donated to the family will all be refunded. <laughs> and I'll leave out all the negative things she said. You could probably just search it yourself if you want. But I just think that was funny because... They're like, first of all, why did they need to go fund me anyway? Well, because at the time they were using it to pay for like all the people searching and stuff. Which is another thing. Well, that's... Because I believe that's that her parents, thing. her mom should have to pay back everything. Like Every all the single penny. Because that's a lot of money. And this is also my thoughts about this. It's kind of like 911. You wouldn't call 911 because your cable goes out. <laughs> or call 911 because you can't open the freaking pickle jar or peanut butter jar. Exactly. Like, and I'm not trying to say that she didn't have room, like if your kid's missing, that's fine. But honestly, 
I just feel like we have been, and I say we loosely because I've never been through this, but in the past, people have worked so hard to get the police department and detectives to look into their missing kids' I, cases. Amen to that because and, they put, I mean, they, it's been so many people who have been killed. Right. Who are still, I mean, are taking, or taking kidnappers, sex trafficking. And the police departments are not taking it right. seriously. And they're like, well, you have to wait so long. So, you know, they have, you have to wait 24 right. hours before, before, oh, they're just an adult, or oh, they're a problem child that runs away a lot, you know. Whatever the case is, they work so hard to make that obsolete. And I feel like cases like this are just making it go back in time and back where it's going to be harder for that person to be taken serious. I'm good. And like I said, Lord. I don't want to be like hating on this person because I don't victim shame. This could have been a har more harm than that if, you know, she would have just talked it out with her daughter. I just want to know, like I said, what was going on in this house. Exactly. That's not normal. Exactly, because... Especially if she was a good girl and always talked to her family and I feel like there's something there. A girl doesn't just go from that to just running away. Yeah, know? it's, okay, there's like a really thin line between, you know, trusting someone, you know, letting someone know where you're going and being honest with somebody and then smothering them. Right. Because like that is smothering. Right. I mean, I'm, you know, in my 30s right now and still to this day, I let my mom know if I'm going somewhere. Oh, and I don't even live with her. And when I did have to stay with her for a little bit, I would let her know, hey, I'm not going to be home tonight or I'm going to be late. So One, so they don't worry. But two, they can either lock the door or, you know, be prepared for me coming home late. So, you know, it's just respect at this point. And I think she was just, she there was, was just a lot smothered. more going on. Also, the last thing we'll leave you with is that her grandmother said that it looked like she that guy from in the white car that everybody suspected. She met him on playing games online. So literally, it was the only way Madison had access to any side, anyone outside of her little town without her mom and boyfriend being all in her business. That was the only way she could escape. If you by chance are listening to this because you see your name or if anybody who listens to this is dealing with the same thing. Live your life. Please live your life. Go and do you. I wish you the world of happiness. I hope that you and this guy work out. And it even if you don't, you find you. You need to find out the person that you're meant to be and just be happy. Everybody deserves happiness. And I hope you find yourself. And it said that she wanted to be a nurse. I hope she finishes that and actually does what she wants to do and not be sheltered you don't have to live like that life is hard but then you die <laughs> you pay bills and die right <laughs> welcome to adulthood but you just gotta find your own happiness until that happens so we just wanted to sneak this little uh pocket i don't know how little it is because we run our mouth sometimes but honestly this case just blew my mind because i thought the girl was dead or missing or something and it's so sad that you think this, but that usually is what happens. And there's something going on in that little town. So hopefully we find out more. If not, that's okay too because that means she's living her life and, you know, she doesn't want to talk about it. So. Yeah, Maddie, if you do an interview, I'm all for that interview because I want to know everything. Right. You 
Speak your truth, girl. Speak your truth. <laughs> anyway, so I hope y'all have a good week, and maybe we'll give you another episode this week. So who knows? We're crazy like that. So we will see you guys next time. Bye. Okay, bye.